0: Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for twenty first century Utah. Get started now at Syringa Time to welcome in Riley Jensen, college football insider and recruiting expert. Riley, good morning.
1: Hey, how's it going, fellas?
0: It's going well. Riley, wanted to have you on because you started telling me about something uh A few weeks back, and then we talked again, you kind of updated and said it's picking up steam. And it was all because people in Southern California, well, in California, but especially in Southern California, thought there wasn't going to be a high school football season. And you were telling me that there was a significant number of players whose parents were looking to place them at a high school football program in the state of Utah so they could play, be visible for college recruiters, all that kind of stuff. How is that progressing, and how do you think it's going to progress now, obviously, that football's been pushed back to at least January?
1: So, this is a really interesting development to me. I, I'm I'm really fascinated to see how kids are going to handle this. I was on the phone yesterday with parents of a kid um, who has 15 Division One offers who are talking to me about schools in the state of Utah. I I've had at least 10 phone calls already with people from California. Um, I know of five no I, I know of eight kids from California that are already on Utah high school football teams. This is before the announcement yesterday and I fully expect that there's gonna be a flood of kids that come to Utah now now when I say flood I mean what, what does that mean there's gonna be a significant number of kids that come and they change high school football in the state of Utah, in my opinion, uh, at least for a year. And if they like it, I mean, I, I could see little brothers. I could see different things like that happening where they're like, hey, you know, this whole new COVID-19 thing, I can work remotely. We liked what we saw in Utah. We liked the environment. Uh, let's sell our house for a bajillion dollars in California, buy a house that's twice as big here in put a million dollars in the bank. <laughs> and and so it, it's really interesting. I mean, they're looking, and there, there's been kids that have been placed, and I think I think we'll see probably between 20 and 50 more players that come into the state of Utah over the next, and, it, and it'll be quickly over the next two weeks. And the reason why is because football camp has started for high school for high school sports, this is technically the second week of workouts because they they have the acclimation period last week. And then this week, I mean, it used to be that you had one week before games started, but now they do two weeks of one-a-days instead of one week of two-a-days like they used to.
2: You say change high school football, but does this doesn't mean that the rich get richer because these kids aren't coming into a team that won two or three games last year.
1: No, I mean, I I think it is a little bit. Uh, I think it is a little bit the rich get richer. But there's some schools, and I don't I don't want to mention names because I don't. Uh, 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 but there's there's a couple of high schools that are like hey, Rouse. I I really appreciate you uh, reaching out to me. Uh, we've worked really hard with these kids so far. I don't I don't want the headache of what's going to happen with parents. So please just. Just keep me out of the loop and, and I'll pretend like my head's in the clouds. <laughs> but there's others that are like, yeah, I'll talk to him. Yeah, he, what? He, he Yeah, absolutely. And then some of them, it's just a matter of sending them film and they're just like, dude, I, I got to talk. I got to at least have you, you know, connect me. Now, some, some of the coaches are very, very tender and very like, hey, man, I, I can't. I don't want to be associated with any sort of recruiting, but you know, if they reach out to me, <laughs> you know, what I mean? so it's, it's a really interesting thing for these high school coaches because I think they they really love the kids they're in, invested in, but they also want to win, right? And so when when you see a kid that has 15 different offers, it's hard it's hard to just say, you know, I'm I'm just going to stick with what I got, Riley. <laughs> right.
0: So uh, is there any one position that is uh, moving to be seen? Because, you know, when you got 15 offers, there's probably also the thought, well, I can only get hurt. And, you know, there's all kinds of stories of guys who get hurt and then the offer gets pulled. So right. are there so, certain positions so coming or no?
1: Um, I've, I've seen everything from O-line to D-line to wide receiver DBs. to um, I've had conversations with quarterbacks but that's a position that that coaches are less willing to like move on because it's just such short notice. That's the one thing I've noticed is a little bit tougher to move is maybe a quarterback position. But I've seen really everything I've, I yeah there's a linebacker, there's yeah, there, I I've, I've seen every position that, that I can think of um so it, it's um this is an interesting development. I mean I don't know if you guys remember the series Friday Night Lights, but they had a whole they had a whole deal where there was a hurricane in Louisiana, right? And then there's kids moving into Texas from Louisiana. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Like there's parents cajoling, there's uh, you know coaches like kind of going, oh, well, I mean, you know, this guy could really help us out. We don't we don't have a lockdown corner, you know, and there's there's different things going on that way, so." This is this is an interesting development and then and then as I was talking to the parents last night of of this athlete that has fifteen offers, I mean and and there's there's just a lot of questions. Do I commit to a team and just call it good and not play my senior season? Do I play my senior season in Utah and call it good but don't go and play in the spring in California? Do I do both? Right? How about a kid that that is kind of like <clears throat> on the edge in, in the state of Utah. What, what, this is my question. Why wouldn't you, and, and I'm, I'm just saying if you're like a, a borderline player and you're getting feedback from a coach that says, Hey, um, we really like your film. We really like what's going on. We just can't tell how good you are because you play in Utah. Why wouldn't you move down to San Clemente or Orange County in the spring and play spring ball? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, and I'm just thinking about different scenarios. If you're a Utah kid, why wouldn't you do that? What, why wouldn't you call around right now and start fishing around for teams that need a middle linebacker, and you're a great middle linebacker in the state of Utah. You're getting some verbiage from different schools that are like, ah, oh, we just don't know. You're kind of a tweener. It seems like you're fast. We're not sure. Go play in Orange County. Go play CIF in the spring. You know? I, I mean, I – it'll be really interesting to see how this works. I could see kids flowing into California in the spring that haven't been recruited or, or haven't gotten quite the look that they want and playing football in the spring in California. I mean, this this is a really interesting time. And this, these are a lot of interesting scenarios. Now this all could be moot if football gets canceled in Utah. And uh, I mean, there's, there's just so much information out there. I was, talking to an athletic director, I was talking to a major donor who actually works with all the presidents in the state of Utah. Um, it's, it's a possibility that football couldn't happen. And if football doesn't happen, even in the state of Utah, I mean, it's a lot of money to, to, to the University of Utah program, to BYU, to Utah State. It's not as much to like Weber State or Utah, but it's a lot of money that is not coming into the program when you don't play football, and they're not easy answers when you get up into the millions of dollars on how you just like plug and play or just release, uh, you know, replace that, or and, and I, I fully expect if football doesn't happen, we're going to have a whole different wave of unemployment, in my opinion, because athletic directors and school presidents are going to have to make decisions based on the money that and the revenue that's coming into their school. They can't run in the red.
2: Talk about those parents issues. So, how about uh, player XYZ comes into California and takes my kid's spot, and my kid has been working for three years and doing everything right. And now all of a sudden he's out of a starting position. How's that going to be received?
1: I don't. Th- I, I think. I think the answer is that it won't be received. Especially the opposite here. I mean, I. I know parents would be upset if a kid comes in from California and takes some kid's spot, right? I mean, I. I think if it were my kid, and let's say that he'd been starting for two years and some hotshot moves in from California and it's my kid's senior year and he doesn't get to start. I mean, I would, wouldn't would feel very good, would it? I mean, I think, I think vice versa, you know, like a kid moves from Utah to California and he starts over a kid. I mean, it's just one of those things where this puts a, a lot of different stresses and a lot of different scenarios on a lot of different coaches. And I, I, I don't know what the result will be. I mean I you know, depending on the parent, you know, it's not it's not gonna be pretty, right? And we all know that, you know, the the, the closer you get to the to the east side mountains the more problems you have with parents. So, you know <laughs> I mean, if you're if if you're at East Side school and you're taking one of these kids in, you're taking a risk. Those parents those parents are not gonna go down they're gonna go down swinging for sure.
0: You know, there are people listening to this saying, I can't believe these guys are talking about high school sports like that. The people are moving time zones so a kid can play high school sports. This isn't pro sports. What are these people do What would you say to those folks who are thinking that I right say, now?
1: I, w- I would say, okay, okay, but you're not willing to move your kid for the best school. You're not willing to transfer your kid for the best opportunity for them to go to an Ivy League school. You're not willing to move your kid around from – Riverton High School to Bingham High School to play football, you're not willing to move your kid for basketball for a coach that you like better. I mean, as much as I hate it, it's just kind of the way it is now. I mean, people are moving around all over the place to give their kids the best opportunity. I mean, there's 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 people that are transferring like two counties to be able to play football. Just just in the state of Utah so don't complain about the fact that the kids are moving in from a different time zone. When you're willing to move two counties for your kid to be, you know, in a different situation, uh, I, I it, you know, it's just hard for me to be judgmental at all at this point. And you know, some of the arguments that are made back to me are are, are fairly good. I mean, I mean, if if somebody comes to me and says, "Look, my kid is a pro style dual threat quarterback." And he lives in the East High School boundaries. And he just doesn't see East High School as being a great place for him to play football. And, and I'm just I'm throwing out a scenario here. So this isn't a, a cut against Coach Match or anything. And, and he comes to me and says, you know, I'm thinking about playing somewhere else. You know, you, you start thinking about schools that use a dual-threat quarterback in a different way than East High School does. And they're like, look, my kid's a 3.2 student. Like, this is his best this is his best chance for him to get into to to a college and to get an education for free how is that different than a kid that that gets to move for free if it's just for academics in the state of utah right i i mean i there's some arguments that that can be made like hey i don't like my son can't play at east or highland high school and play dual threat quarterback and have a chance to play college football So I'm going to move my kid to this other school and then he gets a college scholarship. How is that any different than if we're moving kids because they have a a great architecture program at Alta High School and a CAD program or they're moving to Waterford because, you know, more kids get into, um, you know, an Ivy League school or they're moving to the special program at West or they know that Skyline has a special program to get. I don't I don't see it as any different. And although I would love for everything to be the way it was when I was in high school, where you kind of played in your boundary and you and and you played with the kids that you grew up playing with, i just i'm I'm not sure that that's the truth anymore. I mean, i I'm just not sure that that's a a realistic situation. i I think it's idealistic in my head.
2: So in a span of uh, about forty eight hours, the quarterback situation at Utah State changed dramatically. What is your evaluation of that?
1: Well, i i i knew I knew that it was coming early, and I knew that there were some things coming down. I think I was a little bit surprised that Columbia was so ready to move, and you know. And this is just this is just purely my opinion, and I'm 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 putting pieces together on a couple of things that I've heard. I'm thinking that maybe Columbia was on his way out before. Jason Shelley came in, and mm. so Utah State was in a situation where I was like, "Okay, well, we gotta we gotta get on top of this because we can't afford to lose Columbia, right? And then and then not have anything in the cupboard." And Peasley's a good quarterback. Um, I, th- I think he's solid, but I don't think they felt as good about him as they did about <clears throat> Columbia. And so you go out and you get Jason Shelley, it puts yourself in a good situation. I'm not positive that that's the exact scenario, but even if I thought that as a coach, if I thought this was a possibility, I think I would have to go out and get the best quarterback available to help Utah State, and then and then now you know you've got Devonte, uh, uh, sorry, I just spaced his last name from BYU, right, and and you've got him um, shoring up your running back position. I mean, everybody loves Jalen Warren up at Utah State, and rightly so. He's a solid runner. He is a little bit smaller, and so if he gets banged up, and then you've got two running backs, you've got a two-headed monster like they did a couple of years ago when they were running all over the place. I mean, I think you feel good about the situation you're at at Utah State. I think Utah State really liked Columbia. I think the fans really liked him. They appreciated the work that he put in, and so I think it felt, you know, I think it felt a little bit bittersweet to have him leave the program, but. It looks like he's moving on to Texas Tech, and it looks like maybe that was in the works for a while, and so I think Gary Anderson is just doing the best he can to make sure that they're in a positive situation at Utah State.
0: So when Seattle Mariner went up to Utah State, in three years at Utah, he had 52 catches and four touchdowns. In one year with the Aggies, he has 63 catches and 10 touchdowns. Now... He's better. He's the go-to guy. They throw him the ball more. You know, the league isn't quite as big, isn't quite as fast. He can stand out. There's still NFL-caliber players throughout the league. You can just see that in the draft and NFL rosters. But, you know, up and down the roster, they just aren't quite as big and quite as fast. So having said that, should Aggie fans expect Devonta Henry Cole and Jason Shelley to make similar massive impacts and really – Take off now that they're not competing in the Pac-12. I mean, Shelley was three and two as a starter at Utah.
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's, um, I, th- I think it's always a, a question mark. I, I, I do wonder. I mean, and this is just me you know, again talking out loud. Like, is is the only place that we can get a transfer kid from the University of Utah? I mean, is that is that the best program around? Like their second stringers are better than our first stringers. Uh, I sometimes I'm I'm a little bit cynical about that kind of stuff. I mean, he did bring in a tight end last year that didn't you know set the world on fire. I thought he was solid for Utah State, but uh, Mariner was a, was was a win. Um, I think one of those two players becomes a good win for Utah State, but it's just like recruiting. If you if you hit fifty percent, you're nailing it in the transfer portal, but if you're hitting 33%, you're like, man, we're not doing very good. It's such a fine line. It's such a fine line. If you get one out of two, you know, you're, you're, you're setting the world on fire, you know, with this transfer portal. If you only get one out of four, you suck at what you're doing. And so I, it's, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. I Just because they're coming from the pack 12 doesn't mean they're automatically going to play well, but I think, I, I do think that Sayosi Mariner is a great recruiting story for Utah State now. Like, look, you can go to the University of Utah and you can catch the ball 52 times in three years, or you can come to Utah State and catch the ball 63 times in one season and sign as a free agent in the NFL. Right? I, I think that's a great story for Utah State right now, and I think they should use that to their advantage. Um, will, will it work? I don't know. But if, but if I was coaching Utah State, I think that's a great story. I think that's a story that I'm telling every day and twice on Sunday, especially when I'm recruiting a player that I think has some Pac-12 offers, but I can offer them to play early and often and to be the feature guy by the time they're a junior and senior at Utah State and have a chance to play in the NFL.
0: Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for checking in.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys. You guys are great at what you do. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Riley Jensen, college football insider and uh, recruiting expert. Longtime high school football coach. It's not the way it was back in the day, PK. If it sounds like big business, well, I don't know if it's big business, but it's business.
2: Oh, I think people have accepted that for a long time now.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Join the big show Thursday from 2 to 6 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orange. Prices is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Question today up on our Facebook page. Why would Devonta Henry Cole want to go from Provo to Logan? PK, the default answer is playing time. Would you like to offer
2: another one? Well, Logan has better ice cream.
0: Oh, those are fighting words right there. And they're going to be some angry oh, texts. Oh, boy, and it's on, on, now. on now. Jeez, guys, relax. Both those schools are associated with ice cream. Does you have ice cream? I'm sure they have ice cream, but I'm not sure they have a creamery. not that that important like it is to the other two schools. A
2: creamery? (laughs)
0: That's three words, (laughs) it's a phrase. Creamery. Uh, Brent says there are four reasons Devontae Henry would go. Number one, his girlfriend goes to USU. Number two, his former teammate Jason Shelley transferred to USU. Number three, BYU may not be playing football this season if the Mountain West Conference goes conference only, and it's uh, Devontae's last as a graduate transfer. Four, USU has a better schedule than BYU with its loss of Big Ten and Pac-12 schools. I think we'd argue with the BYU may not be playing football this season if the Mountain West goes conference only. It might be an independent only schedule. Maybe that doesn't appeal to them, and that's part of it.
2: If teams are playing football in this state, BYU's playing Play football. football. I don't think there's any question about that. So uh, their schedule. Yeah, I don't know that somebody changes uh, schools because of a schedule. Uh, you, know, you got your personal reasons. Thing that I think, I think Jay Drew, when he have the D News now, uh, talked to him. Um, in the spring sometime, and I thought it made a lot of sense, and I think it applies. Steve Cleveland was talking about this during one of our weekly sessions, and when you're in a program, you've been there for a while. Yeah, and I know he. I know Steve was talking about it as related to this loner kid who uh, reneged on his commitment to go to Utah and now wants to play basketball at BYU, and he will. And Steve was talking about, and Devonte was making a good point too. He was saying. And you know, I've been in this program for four years, speaking of Devontae, with the uh, Utes. And he's saying he saying, you know, hadn't been happy the last couple of years. And A lot of that boils down to playing time. It, you know, I don't know that there's other stuff. Maybe there was, but we'll just take it as far as the playing time issue. So you've been in the program for a number of years, and you can see what's ahead of you. I mean, these kids know, mm-hmm. especially because Cole goes to the position that Utah has not just been good. They've been great. They've been NFL quality. Right? That's a fact. They put guys in the NFL running backs almost uh, every cycle. You know, you'd maybe have a year or two off because Zach Moss has taken over the position and he's a sophomore, so he's going to have it for the next three years, right? And then he does. And then he goes in the NFL. Now we'll have a new crop here. So depending on what your timing is, you know, you pick the toughest position offensively to try to make it that you can play your body size. I mean, obviously you couldn't play offensive line. So you've been in the program there. You're not getting the playing time. And now it's your senior year. This is it, man. He's probably not a professional. So what do you want in your senior year? You don't necessarily want a glamorous schedule. You want to play because you won't have any other chance outside of this, most likely. So you're going to go where you should go. What you think is the best situation for you. And that's what Steve was saying for basketball. You know, it's one thing to have a kid transfer after two or three years because he sees that he isn't playing as much. So he wants to play like that Neil kid, Blaze, uh, down there last year for the uh, past season for BYU. He wasn't playing much. So he sees the situation and so he wants to get out so he can play you can never begrudge a kid for wanting to play particularly when he's a senior and as Devonte was saying he did all the things that he was supposed to do he was a good teammate for all these years well now it's his last shot so he wants to play more power to you man i think they should allow that and really without judgment i think the ncaa should allow it. now he put himself in a position to graduate so he he did and he's able to do it and that's great go play go where you feel you can play Hope he has success wherever he decides. And now it looks like I guess it's going to be Logan and USU. I hope he has a banner senior season for himself.
0: Jack says it's because Gary Anderson's a great coach and recruiter, and Devontae's finally realized that he's wearing the wrong blue. He's going to make a run at the NFL. Go Aggies! I don't know at his size that he's going to make a run at the NFL. I mean, there's a few outliers, you can name them, so I, you know, never yeah, take someone's few. dream away from them, but right. man, the odds are stacked against him.
2: Well, even if he was... Uh, even if he was
0: 6'2", 200 pounds, yeah. the odds are stacked against him, but yeah. even more so at his size.
2: I, I agree totally. So, yeah, the fact that he actually played in the Pac-12, the odds were stacked against him that he would do that. Right. So, he he's already accomplished a lot, and he got an opportunity to get an education, and... And I don't know if this is true, but is he the first guy to be a part of the three D1 programs in this state?
0: (laughs) I was thinking about that actually last (laughs) night, and I don't think you could find somebody that's done all three in their career. I mean,
2: that ranks right there with the three times storming the field by the Utes. Well, no,
0: I don't think it does. I'll I think show. the three-time storm in the field is still a notch higher. And okay. I'll, okay. I'll say this because the rules have changed with the grad transfer. Before the grad transfer rule, and you have to sit out, it just didn't make sense to, do, to, to transfer that many times. With the grad transfer rule, you can see how it can happen. You know, the you, have the, you, have, you have the quote-unquote normal transfer that gets you to a second school. And then you have the grad transfer that gets you to the third one. Now, where someone in the future could have it over to De- Devonta Henry is he's never actually going to suit up in a BYU game. He was at BYU for about 15 minutes in the offseason.
2: Okay, well, he's a, a a two-time grad transfer. How about that? <laughs> now you got me. <laughs>
0: I was talking with a local media member, and we decided we needed to dig into and see how many guys have been two-time graduate transfers in the same off season.
2: I wouldn't think there would be very many. Probably not. No. But if that's what the young man decides, he has earned the right to decide that. And I don't have any problem with it. It's a little unusual. It's not me. But I cast no judgment upon him, wherever he would end up. Because he was a good teammate. He did what he was supposed to do. He played by the rules. And now he has an opportunity to benefit by playing from those by those rules. I say awesome. And I don't know that it's a devastating blow to BYU. Because I don't know how good the kid is. I mean, I barely saw him play. You know, 400 career rushing yards in three seasons, it's not a lot.
0: So I, I would think that it's not a devastating blow to BYU. I think that, you know, they've got a collection of guys at running back. You know, Phil Steele came on and said, There's seven deep. Well, yeah. you think of the old if you have seven running backs, do you really have one? You know, if you have two quarterbacks, do you really have one? That's a football cliche that's been around forever. If there's seven guys and nobody separated themselves, so then how does it really hurt you? You know, you got six other guys and you know, one guy's faster and one guy's probably better bigger and better at running between the tackles and one guy's a better receiver and one guy picks up blitz is better. But man, if you got seven guys there's no separation, I don't see what the difference is if you have six guys and there's no separation. You know, you're probably gonna have some issues with running back. You probably don't have a complete back. You know, you don't you don't have Moss sitting over there like well, just, Put him in there; that fixes everything. Who cares about the other guys as long as that guy stays salty? That guy, that guy's big time, you know. And I think that's what most coaches would prefer. But you don't always get to have that. So sometimes you have to ham and egg it. But if you got six guys, you can still ham and egg it. And I, know I think it depends
2: pro- on your program. How so? But well, because there's many programs that have gone away from a featured back, but oh, yet yeah, yeah. still have success, have a lot of success. The days of Herschel Walker in a lot of programs. Some programs, they do exist. They do exist at Utah, and I think they exist at ASU. I think Herm Edwards is an old-school coach, and he wants to run the ball. And we saw that in his last two years with Benjamin. I mean, he ran him to death, basically. I mean, they ran him, ran him, ran him, ran him and we'll see what how many hits he's got left in the NFL. It's the old Alabama theory where by the time they get to the NFL, they've taken so many punches and hits to the body that they don't have as much as they as some of these other guys. So, it depends on what your program is. You know, BYU had a ton of success many, many years with not really having featured backs. You know, they were pass catchers, they were blockers, they were draw trap types type of guys. So you don't necessarily need a Zach Moss to be successful. What is the philosophy of your program, and how do you go about doing what you're doing? Now, if you have a quality of a player, the quality of Zach Moss, you'd be foolish not to use him. And so, no matter what the system is, I think part of the coaching is you know whatever talent you have, use that talent to the best of its ability, and you're most likely going to have success. So I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, as far as USU with uh, what's their plan, you know. It seems like, it just numbers-wise, he would have a better opportunity to carry the ball more, or not necessarily just carry the ball, but be in the game more, playing time. You know, because if you don't have great stats, but you played most of the game, and your team won, I would think you'd be happy. Isn't that what it's about? You would think... Yeah.
0: You would think so, you contributed on some level, even if you don't yeah. have the 150 yards right. and three touchdowns. And
2: that's what you want to do. You want to feel like you're a part of the deal that led to the win. And so whether he gets the carries or receptions or not, if he's in there doing what he's supposed to do, if that's you know making sure you've got a linebacker guarding you out of the backfield and then it opens it up for some of the tight end across the middle, well, great. You know, not everybody can touch the ball all the time. There's only two people who touch the ball all the time. Do you know who they are? The center
0: and the quarterback.
2: And they say you don't know football. I, know, I will right? go to my grave insisting that yes, you do know football.
0: Thank you. Now you can
2: create music based on basketball. Basketball is your forte. There's nobody in this community who knows hoop more than you. Let's just call it like it is. Uh,
0: David Locke's getting very
2: upset right now. Ah, he knows numbers. It just so happens that those numbers are related to basketball. But does he really know basketball? He knows numbers as far as basketball. I insist that you know basketball more than anybody.
0: Now you're out of air now. (laughs) It's always a good sign. (laughs) So you know baseball more than anybody. I want to make one point about baseball because it ties into this discussion here. Devontae Henry-Cole... And Yock is now like, what? What kind of what kind of mystery tour are you about to take us on? I, I'm excited to go yeah. where we're going. Okay. okay, I want to see where this goes. On the face <laughs> on, on the Facebook discussion, of Devonta Henry Cole. There are a lot of people saying, "Well, this is his chance to get a shot at the NFL." Right? He's got to play more to be seen by the NFL. Troy writes, "I hope the NFL is still around in a few years. I won't be watching <laughs> it." Those I... takes, I'm so tired of them. They don't. They don't like you can check out on the NFL if it doesn't do it for you or whatever other league, whatever other sport you want to check out. But to say that it's not going to be around in a few years. Not gonna be around? Uh, Right, exactly. It's probably gonna be
2: bigger than ever.
0: Probably, I agree. Uh (laughs) baseball has heard this forever, right? It's a baseball's a dying sport. You know, the kids aren't playing it, right? And so Compared to what it was, the it, wussy may, kids it, aren't playing it may not be what it was compared to what it was. But the Yankees and the Mets played a preseason game, right? They are they're used to be called spring training, but this year we're calling it summer training, right? As they get ready for this shrunken 60-game season. Yeah. They play Sunday night. Now, both teams, trying to fulfill their TV packages, both teams televise the game on their local station. It's yes for the Yankees and then I think it's uh, Sports Channel New York used to be
2: W-O-R and W-P-I-X when I lived back there yeah
0: that was back in the day now it's cable channels so they're both on (laughs) their cable channels combined combined because you probably want to watch with your announcers your guys combined those two get a 4.4 rating the four that's more people watching that game on those two networks than the four broadcast networks combined at the same time that night Baseball isn't almost dead. It doesn't How many matter how many people say, I'm not watching it. It moves too slow. And, you know, maybe it does move too slow for you. And maybe you're not watching it. But that doesn't kill the sport. You know, it's, you've been saying it forever, PK. And it's the way uh, that the media has gone. Because there's so many websites. There's so many streaming services. So many cable networks. There's the four over the air networks. So all the ratings are getting flattened out. You find your niche, and then you develop it. Now, 95 or 96 out of every 100 homes in New York have no interest in the Yankees and the Mets. They have moved on to something else that they find more entertaining. But those two networks had a 4.4 combined, and if you got that, you're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to be in business for a long time. So stop with the It ain't going to be around, and I'm not watching it. Uh, first off, you probably are. Second well, off, if you aren't watching it, it's probably because you weren't watching in the first place. The numbers I'm aren't moving that much. Is
2: that for political reasons or is the injury reasons? What specifically is he it? Cause those, those are two distinct, wildly opposite or not even in the same ballpark reasons as to why you wouldn't participate in watching the NFL.
0: Now, Troy does not explain himself why he thinks, uh, why he says he won't be watching it and he hopes it's still around in a few years.
2: Because the baseball now is starting to get that Because some of the Giants players kneeled during the national anthem when uh, they had the preseason thing with the A's and the manager, Kaplan, did it. So I saw this morning boycott MLB and obviously, well, anything I see on Twitter uh, as far as trending, I'm going to check it out. I feel an obligation to check it out. So I'm wondering, is that the whole thing about, no, we're going to go through that song and dance again with the national anthem?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his specifics. If it's if it's uh, health issues, if it's uh, if it's politics, um, if his if his savior team moved and he's still pissed or, about it.
2: Well, <laughs> maybe Tom Brady is no longer the quarterback of yeah, his team his so team. he's had it.
0: I'm out. They ain't going to win like they did with Brady. I'm out. And Cam Newton had some quotes yesterday. He knows how many teams passed on him. He no longer he knows how long he had to twist in the wind. He is taking names. It's payback time. I love that stuff. I know. I, this is I was kind of moving on from the Patriots, but if Cam's going to take bad attitude, you know, and, and the thing about Belichick, the combination of I saw how good Cam Newton was when he was healthy and really good. And he was really he was really very good. And then you know how good Belichick was when Brady went down game one, quarter one of the season. And he had to play a backup but never played. And they still won 11 games. So now these two things, Belichick's had a little time to prep that he didn't have, you know, the year he lost Brady to injury. I mean, you lose a got an injury. It's like, well, you got
2: you yeah, 30. I don't 30- think you need to go back that far. I mean, he sat out four games for a suspension.
0: Yeah, okay, and he had time to prep for the suspension because he knew it was coming, so that's a better comparison to you know having time to prep for Cam Newton. What are Cam's strengths? How do we maximize them? What are his weaknesses? How do we minimize them? It seems like Belichick does that with every player, and other coaches do it too, but Belichick does it more relentlessly and better, so I'm, I'm ready to watch the Patriots and see what they got. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. PK, during the break, I had two Tom Homo quotes. Running together in my head. Well, one's a quote and one's a report from you. Uh, One was that BYU is looking to play a lot of Big 12 teams going forward, which makes sense because the Big 12 had the most games uh, lost when the Pac-12 and the Big 10 decided to go to conference-only schedules. Uh, just, I think, geography and history and all that, and maybe a little bit of luck. The Big 12 had a lot of games against those two conferences. So, naturally, if you're BYU and you're looking for games, that would be one of the places you have to look right away. And Phil Steele, who we just had on the show last week, and if you missed a segment with him talking about the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, the Mountain West race, and the uh, Pac-12 South race... You can find it online at 1280thezone.com. You can search for it there. You can search for it wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, every hour of every show all day long is up there. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, on and on. Uh, Phil Steele tweets out a Big 12 media poll. And not only did I think about BYU is probably going to end up playing some Big 12 teams if we have a 12-game fall schedule here. Uh, but also the old Tom Homo quote about, I can get you 10 wins. You want 10 wins? We'll schedule 10 wins. We'll win 10 for sure when I'm done with this schedule. Uh, the range of Big 12 teams that are available for games uh, varies greatly. Uh, this will shock you. Guess who? Man, this has gotten so predictable. Guess who's supposed to win the Big 12 this year, PK, with 80 well, you know, of the 90 telling- first place votes? <laughs> yeah.
2: I was telling Yach yesterday at the gym, I was actually listening to New Heisel has a show mm-hmm. and they were going over the poll. So I'd already heard about it. But yeah. obviously it's Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Oklahoma with 80 of the 90 first place votes. Oklahoma State does have a game open. Uh, they are second with six first place votes. Iowa State didn't get any first place votes, but they're fourth behind the Oklahoma schools in Texas. Uh, They have a game open because they're not playing Iowa week two. I think that'd actually be a pretty good target. There's a lot of options for Tom week one. Week one game, it must be a wild scramble. Obviously, we've heard, you know, Bama um, is a possibility there, not a Big 12 school, but that's the one that, uh, you know, got so much run this weekend. Uh, TCU has a game available. I think they were supposed to play Cal, and they're not. So, But they are picked sixth this year, not, not an especially good uh, TCU team. Texas Tech has a game available. They are picked ninth, and Kansas has an opening for a game, and they are picked tenth because, well, they're Kansas. Of course they are. Dead last. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> they suck. They're, they're just, dead last. They were supposed to be playing New Hampshire, I was, and I think that whole league shut yeah, down. will see
2: if Les Miles can get it going a little bit there, but you know, Kansas is about cheating in basketball, and do that, uh, do that, they do that very well. Uh, yeah, BYU's the the idea of them coming up with games, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's actually, will the sport be played, and will the conference, these two conferences, SEC and Big 12, go and play non-conference games? Now, I was reading something from Urban Meyer yesterday, and old Urban is extremely confident that this season is going to be played, and uh, listen to him talk. And I got that uh, that story. They quoted him as far as his level of confidence. He, he's, uh, We're going to play. We're going to play. says, I've just got so much confidence in the way these universities are handling this right now. I love the fact that we went conference only because they have control over the protocol to stop start dates, etc. I'm optimistic right now. And he says, what really made the difference for him was the uh, conference only. And, uh, you know, that could... That could force BYU to go for the, uh, the you know, basically the independent schedule, and you may have a funky home and home type of deal. But for one season, you know, I think we can all live with that. And so I, I agree with Urban as far as what he's saying, as far as the conference only, because that gives them control. And without some uniformity in college football, that's where you end up with the uniformity. These guys, they're commissioners for a reason. They're commissioners of their individual conferences, and then they can have control over that so much more. So that leads Urban to have that confidence, and I have that confidence too. I actually had a dream last night that college football was played, <laughs> and maybe that's just me wishing. <laughs> and so uh, if I don't, I don't believe in dreams being a premonition, but if you go with the conference only ideal – I think we're going to have some form of college football this season.
0: Fall or spring? You're thinking fall. You
2: in the say- fall, yes. I don't know if I don't know if it'll be start finish in the fall, yeah. but it'll start some point in the fall. Yes.
0: But when you, so when you say some form, you're talking of as stars as like uh, it might be a ten game conference only season, but it's still college football, mm-hmm. so we'll take it.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be necessarily the traditional calendar of a full season as we know it, as we've enjoyed it for so many years. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, quote-unquote, some form.
0: Well, if it, if they're actually going to kick off Labor Day weekend, we're going to know pretty quick because all the all the coaches and commissioners and ADs have been saying we need need at least 4 weeks of practice to get ready for that. So we're coming no, up. I don't know they're going to
2: do that. Uh, yeah, I, I can't would, say they're going to do that. Yeah,
0: it seems like the the quotes reading, I can't get to them right now, which is unfortunate, but the Athletic is down. Stuart Mandel uh, was doing a mailbag and someone said, "Well, you know, why can't you be more positive? You know, all you're reporting is negative. There's no games, you guys won't have anything to report on." And he's like yeah, I know, but it's your old quote about I report what people tell me and he pulled four quotes from four power brokers. One of them was Larry Scott, uh, the Pac-12 commissioner, and and they were all along the lines of if the virus numbers don't change in this area, we're not playing, you know, the health department people aren't going to let there be any gatherings. Uh, bigger than 15 people. And you know, you're going to have 22 people on the field, right? If you're playing football. Uh, so he pulled these quotes he's getting from the power brokers. So now, how much they believe that, how much they're trying to set the stage, are they trying to urge people to wear masks so they're giving them a worst case scenario? You probably got to factor all that in realistically. So, yeah. All right, I can't get those quotes for you, though. Right now it's down. If, uh, if the site comes back up, we'll get them for you. Uh, the other thing we have for you is Aaron Falk. He writes for UtahJazz.com. used to write for the Tribune. Now he's with the Jazz. He is in the bubble in Orlando. And with the Jazz getting ready to play Thursday night, he will join us coming up next. Stay with us.